You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio. And now time for the Classic Car Show with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber. Good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio and the Classic Car Show. And we are delighted. We're doing a little something different today, Jim. we got Jim Weber here around the round table. And uh, we're going to be doing a little something different. I had the idea as I was uh, going through the AACA magazine and said, you know, we've never tried this, but why don't we uh, call some of these folks that got cars for sale and, and put them on the air and they can talk about their cars and and how much they want for them and all well, the details and, of it. And the scary thing is we might buy one if we're not careful. <laughs> uh, you might buy one. Well. I, 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 I'm still watching my nickels and dimes and all of that Wait, stuff. I, but I think we all are right trying, now. Trying to, keep, uh, trying to keep the station on the air and putting along. But anyway, I thought it was a good idea, and I'm, I'm sorry Steve's... Uh, yeah, I guess he's in Philadelphia. Yeah, he's at the um, AACA uh, annual meeting, and he and I spoke yesterday. We were talking about a couple of rare cars. They had a DeSoto Airflow there and a Triumph Italia and an AC Ace. Well, uh, going along with what we're doing, we've got Greg Tucker on, and he has a 1923 Overland that uh, he has in the AACA magazine. And, uh, Greg, welcome to... Uh, the classic car show on America's Web Radio. Well, I'm uh, pleased to have an opportunity to talk with you, and uh, I have my mentor and the fellow who got me, uh, gave me the fever, the car collecting fever, Ralph Puckett on with me. Good. So, morning, Ralph. Good morning. <laughs> I hear you talking about whether or not you buy one. Now, you know, once you get the fever, there's only two things that'll keep you from buying the next car. One is you run out of any place to put it. And the other is you're married, and the wife says, <laughs> well, that's I've, I've run into both both issues. So. <laughs> I have too. So the only the only guy I know that can get away with it and not have that issue is my uh, friend Steve Ronaldo. I think he's got eight or nine cars now. So, uh-huh. well, we've we, we've seen the fever go way beyond that. Oh boy! Yes, then I'm just an amateur at six, I guess. So, thank God for big barns. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, since I've already made the mistake and called it in Oakland, let's go back and let's talk about your Overland Touring. It's a 1923 Model 91 touring okay. car. Okay. And, uh, it uh, it was approaching the end of the line. The Overland. The Overland, uh, well, back up a little bit. About 1908, Mr. Willis purchased the uh, Overland business, changed the name of the company to Willis Overland Motors. And uh, in about 1912 or 13, he bought the rights to what we call the sleeve valve engine design from John Willis in Europe at least bought the rights to build it in the United States. And uh, from about 1912 to 1918, he was the second largest seller of automobiles in the United States. Uh, we know, of course, that nobody was touching Ford through that period. 
Right. But uh, he was coming in a distant second at that time. But, and I, I just asked my mentor here uh, what happened, and uh, apparently that engine, that style of engine was uh, heavier and considerably more expensive, and he couldn't match the uh, mass production that was developing. So the last Overland was made uh, under that name in 1928, and then the sleeve valve engine disappeared from the United States. I have learned, uh, being an owner, that uh, it continues to be popular in Australia and some parts of Europe. Uh, and not surprisingly, if you counted all the overlands still uh, being maintained and enjoyed, uh, a lot of them are in Europe and Australia. Now, now Greg, what, what I, I know your mentor was there holding your hand, so to speak, but what, what made you decide on this particular car to buy as your first one? Uh, it wasn't my first car, but uh, a um, an acquaintance, Mr. Etherly, who had been a contractor, builder up in uh, Nashville, got to locate us. We're in Murfreesboro, which is between Nashville and Chattanooga. Uh, and and there are a lot of cops in your vicinity, too, I might a lot, add. A lot of cops. <laughs> a lot of revenue generating going on on the interstate there. Yeah, well, uh, the little community that lies between Nashville and uh, Murfreesboro used to be known all over all over this part of the country as a, as a classic speed trap. I, I believe you got a little still not too far from you. Hey, well, <laughs> you go up in Cannon County, it's, it's very popular, very popular. Yeah. And uh, we uh, claim now to be the center of a lot of the automobile industry because... Uh, uh, just north of us is uh, the big Nissan plant. Right, yeah, and, uh, in Smyrna. Yeah, in Smyrna. Smyrna was what used to be the speed trap. Now now they're making the cars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, Mr. Etherly had the uh, Overland, and I had never even heard or focused on the car, and Ralph contacted me and said, you ought to go look at that car and you ought to get it. And uh, he, he can explain why he likes to keep these classic old cars in the in the area and uh he talked me in looking at it and uh it really looks like as you can see from the picture uh almost a carriage yes it's still got the uh the configuration of the the roof the overhead and the seats particularly the curved back seat it looks like what you'd see in a in a classic old carriage so i went for it and uh, then I discovered that I didn't know anything about that engine, how it worked, or how to how to work on it. So uh, Ralph has held my hand while we while we mess with it, and uh, we got it uh, cleaned up. Uh, it had been a national winner back in uh, 1988, and I got the papers on it from the AACA confirming that. So it was really a matter of cleaning it up, and uh, we did have to do a little work on the carburetor, but we showed it a couple of times last year, and it's still winning prizes, as long as I can get Ralph to keep all his cars at home. <laughs> Real competition. <laughs> well, so so you did freshen it up, I think the ad, your ad says in 2014. Um have you gotten another first, or are you on a junior level with the car on an AACA judging uh, scale? Yeah, it would be a junior level, and yeah. I doubt that I'll go to the trouble of trying to do any more than that. We're yeah. showing it locally, and the, uh, uh, there's several judged shows 
uh, sponsored largely by the Middle Tennessee region, the AACA, and, and that's where we were showing it. Right, right. Yeah, which is a very active region, from what I remember. I'm in Atlanta. Steve and I are down here. Mm-hmm. So, um, and we—he—he's uh, a, a national judge. I went to judge's school, and then just plain ran out of time. So I haven't been doing anything in the last few years. Um, I remember there's a smokestack in Toledo by the Jeep plant that says Willie's Overland. Is that where that car was built? Yeah, the company uh, evolved into the Willis Knight mm-hmm. company. And uh, after the Overland, the next car that was a market success was the Whippet, a smaller uh, standard engine uh, car made by Willis. And then, of course, in the late 30s, Willis uh, led with the Jeep. Right. And uh, coming out of World War II, uh, the Jeep was their product. And primarily, in fact, I don't, I'm not sure they made anything else, uh, eventually being bought up by uh, Chrysler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course, they're the success of Chrysler right now. They're keeping them afloat. I think so. Yeah. And, and now it's... Some Italian company, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I want to. I want to have our listeners understand this engine. And I don't know, Greg, if you or Ralph want to explain it. But what's the difference between a sleeve valve engine and a normal engine, as we know it? Yeah, I won't challenge the word normal. Okay. <laughs> Uh, the sleeve valve replaces uh, the poppet valve that we see on uh, most of the cars. Okay. The, cars. Uh, the sleeve actually is a cylinder that sits around the, uh, the piston. And as the piston moves up and down, it rotates and opens and closes the uh, intake and exhaust ports uh, on the cylinder. I'm trying to do kind of a layman's explanation. Uh, that's fine. That's fine. You're and uh, back in the oh, 1912, 13, 14, Willis did a lot of advertising challenging uh, and, and claiming the superiority of his product. I've even got in my file, uh, looks like an editorial cartoon that's got a poppet valve and a, and a sleeve valve uh, dressed up like knights uh, with lances uh, <laughs> jousting and the poppet valve getting the worst of it so it, it was a lot of salesmanship involved in it <laughs> like refrigerators to Eskimos yeah yeah like okay <laughs> well they stopped the Overland in 28 now I assume yours doesn't have front wheel brakes, correct? Or does it? Uh, I don't think so. It doesn't have, okay. I don't think so. It may have, but I don't think so. Okay. And does it have electric start or is it a hand crank? Electric start. Okay. Electric start. Yeah. It does have, if you've got the crank, you can try to crank it, but it's got an electric start on it. Okay. All right. And, and that, that, to me, is very early for front-wheel brakes and very early for a starter because, well, when did when did the starters come in? 16, I think, in the Cadillac, if I'm not mistaken. Ralph, maybe you can help me there. Uh, 
I believe the Maxwell Max first had the starter on it. And I think that was about twelve thirteen. Okay. It was uh, what they called an air starter, I believe they called it. <laughs> Generator starter and everything all together. And when you pressed on the starter of the old Maxwell, you couldn't even hear it. Uh, and it uh, first time you'd hear it when it start, when it start running. Okay. All right. Yeah, Steve has a as an 09 Maxwell, but uh, it's in the process of having some engine work done on it right uh-huh. now. And uh, I just I'm trying to kind of put things in perspective with automobiles as as they evolved, and usually it was probably mid to late 20s or at least mid 20s when the front wheel brakes came in. Uh-huh. So what what's this car like to drive? Is it? Can you cruise at forty or fifty? Uh, well, it. it uh, uh, of course, when they get that old now, you don't dare to, to push them. Right. But this car. This car, when it was uh, uh, back in its day, it would do fifty, sixty miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Easy. Okay. And, and it, but it took you a while to stop it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Is it a three-speed track? Two brakes and slide your foot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, got, it's got some metal in it, too. I loaded it on a trailer to take it to a show and uh, hooked up my Nissan pickup to it. And uh, we didn't make it to the show. I couldn't get over the hill to get out of the farm. So I uh, ended up borrowing a, a bigger vehicle to tow it around. Wow. Okay, a little heavier then. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a heavy car. Yeah. Um, what would you compare it to? I, I tell you what, I've got to interrupt. we got to take a break. If you gentlemen don't mind staying with us, we'll go another uh, 13 minutes right after our break. All right. We'll be back with you. You're listening Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. We'll be back right after this. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about antique car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. When four members of Congress all die within four months, each of their deaths appears to be from natural causes. But when mysterious messages begin to appear in the form of quotations from long-dead revolutionary heroes, one reporter sets out to prove the existence of a serial killer. His search discovers dark secrets and an assassin shielded by people who need the very services that only he can provide. The Sun Silas Rising, a novel by Doug Dahlgren. On Kindle or paperback through Amazon.com. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. 
Thank you for listening. And you're back on the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. We're certainly glad to have you listening in today. And we've got uh, two great gentlemen from Tennessee. Right. And uh, uh, Jack Daniels Auto Plant. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, they probably combined no more. That's a favorite cruise-in destination, Jack Daniels. (laughs) Oh, is it? Lynchburg, Tennessee. Yeah. Oh yeah, I uh, I know the place well. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's right down the street from him, called a liquor store. <laughs> Let's go back. All right, your Overland is how would you put it? Comparable to like a Packard of that period? What, what, what? I would put it more like a uh, maybe like a. A, do- a little more than a T model. It's more than a T model. Okay, so maybe like a Dodge or a Buick. Right. I'd yeah. Not like a Buick. Not yeah. like a Buick. Yes, yeah. is a good one. Yeah. Okay. All right. And have you had any interest? If if people called you on it, I've had a couple that wanted me to send them, and I've got the package to do it. The detailed pictures and such, uh, mostly from out of state. Uh, it's still available. Okay. So uh, why, why did you decide you wanted to sell it, Greg? Uh, I got more cars than I can keep up with. <laughs> and a, a wife. Pre- <laughs> a little pressure from the wife. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I admit that the sleeve valve, it's, uh, for me, less familiar. I'm less confident about working on it. Uh, Ralph is even a little little less confident about it than, than some of the others. Uh but it's a rare and unusual uh, vehicle, so I wanted to get a good home, and I'd I'd like for it to stay in the area. Uh, we always we always prefer that. Uh, let me change the subject quickly. Sure. Uh, I do have another 1923. I've got a 1923 T model hack uh, wooden uh, body on it, uh, set up like a, uh, well, it'd be a taxi cab. Uh, Ralph and I tore it down completely and put it back together. Uh, but in the course of getting involved with Model T, of course, Ralph has probably restored and reconditioned uh, maybe a hundred or more Model T over his lifetime. But we have a, a we've just lost one of our former members of the Middle Tennessee Club, and uh, he was in the uh, ready mix concrete business, Don Meadows. He has a collection uh, that's, that's uh, been left behind in his estate of about 120 classic Model wow. T, ranging from the earliest uh, on through the history of the Model T. Ralph, you restored quite a number of those. Do we have any idea what's going to become of that collection? I would say that it will be put up and sold. That's my thinking. And uh, he... He didn't only have 120 t- Model Ts. He had A models. He had Chevrolets. He's got a little bit of everything. He got a little over 200 antique automobiles. Oh, wow. Boy. They have been immaculately preserved and stored. I've been in the warehouse or the, or the special house that he built for the collection. The cars are parked so close together. You can't even walk between them. Good heavens. That, that's uh, just amazing. That's yeah, the barn find? Yeah, it must be. <laughs> well, uh, the collection's well known up in this area because we've taken the club tours out there a couple of times. But uh, your first reaction is, 
I am not believing what I'm seeing here. And uh, Ralph, over what, a period of 25 and 30 years, you've worked with. Uh, uh, I worked. I worked with him from about 19, 19 to ninety one. Okay. Until about twenty oh nine. Wow. Then I got so, so old. I finally had to give all this stuff up. No, 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 no. You haven't given it up completely. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I, I don't mean to sound, I don't know what, uh, but pass our name on to him, would you? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, give him my, uh, uh, tell him how to get a hold of me, and I'd like to talk to him. Well, sure. We're going to be following what uh, the disposition of the collection will be, but, uh, you know, how an estate works, it may be a year before they can get things settled out but uh, if they are put up for auction it'll be uh, several days and uh, probably a big event up here oh sure yeah I would think so Ralph yes sir uh, do you give driving lessons on Model T's and I'm being serious now because I don't think a lot of people understand the Model T and the pedal configuration I can't Okay. He right. taught me, and uh, I barely avoided a couple of disasters. <laughs> okay. Well, the first time, the first time was scary. First time I did one in the parade. Uh, at one point, my passengers in the back seat got out. Oh, <laughs> well, they don't listen very well. Yeah. Okay. okay. Now, you, Greg, you said yeah, you, you have that uh, tea that you want to say. What? What? Tell us a little bit about it and the price on that. I hadn't really priced it. Uh, kind of doing it one at a time. Uh, okay. Probably only got about twelve to fifteen thousand in it, uh, but uh, it was well taken care of. Uh, beautiful wood uh, detail on it. Uh, the uh, uh, only thing we really did is the engine had probably been over revved, and uh, so we tore down the engine and. and reworked all that uh, and it is uh, parked in, in one of my sheds out here oh for and, gosh uh, sake the problem is that uh, I haven't driven it probably in six months so I'm getting to feel guilty about it yeah yeah um, and uh, need to get it out and talk about having a car a long time though Ralph tell them about your uh, Chevrolet 1932 I've got a 1932 Chevrolet Deluxe Coupe Wow. And I bought it uh, 40, almost 49 years ago. That's like being married to it, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tell us when you finally got it restored and ready to show. Well, this last year. Oh, gee. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one that I want him to leave at home because if it's at the show, it's a scene, it's a stealer. It uh, it always carries off either best of show, always best of uh, pre-war. Wow. Uh, it's, uh, it's, I didn't paint it back like it's supposed to be. The body is beige. The top part of it, uh, from the, the middle of the door up, is brown, and the fenders are brown. It's a, it's a pretty car. Oh yeah, it's it. I bet it's stunning. Um, yeah, it's got a luggage car on the back, rumble seat, got a tiny front fender, and lots of chrome. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> we call that bling down here. Um, yeah. yeah, but it is original. Everything that's on it is original. It's just like something in the factory. Oh, that, that's wonderful. And 
does it have what disc wheels, artillery wheels, or wire no, wheels? No, it has wire wheels. Wire wheels. Okay, I bet that's a stunning car with the wire wheels. Yeah, and they're orange. <laughs> oh gee. Yeah, uh, oh yeah, that that's incredible. Um, yeah. I want to back up for a minute to the T's, and okay. uh, the reason why we, of course, had interviewed the Gilmore Museum last summer. Uh-huh. And they give Model T driving lessons up there. If you go up there, they uh-huh. they have a driving school for it. And I, I'm just I'm I'm curious about a couple things on the T's. Uh, they're all Babbitt bearing, right? There's no inserts in a T, correct? Well, you can get them rebuilt with inserts anymore. Okay. But uh, yes, most of them are Babbitt. Yeah, and it's pretty hard to find somebody that does Babbitt anymore. Right. Right, uh, yeah. to overhaul an engine anymore cost uh, for a model T costs you about four thousand dollars. Wow, and that's just because it's so labor intensive, I assume. Right. Yeah. Right. Interesting transmissions. Any uh, secrets with those? I know they're bands, and you have to adjust them. Right, right, and uh, of course, you know uh, the transmission on on a model T, just like everything else, it wears out, and you have to. Have it rebuilt at times, and yeah. therefore the expenses to get rebuilt too. Wow, that's uh, yeah. Steve's got a nineteen. What's Steve's? An, a ten. His is a ten. Yeah, yeah. And he takes it to shows, but it's got it's a roadster with a mother-in-law back seat. Uh huh. Well, uh, that's about a nineteen ten or something. Yes, like it that. is a ten. That's right. Because <laughs> I get confused because he's got the 09 Maxwell and the ten T, uh-huh. and then he's got a thirty Model A. Sedan and uh-huh. I, the, to compare to compare my experience comparing the Overland and the and the Model T Model T you can find whatever it is you need somewhere right uh, and uh, you know sometimes it's, it's fairly easy just a few minutes on the internet for the Overland it took us six months to find some uh, you know way to rebuild a carburetor we chased around. And, uh, finally, I think Ralph was up at Hershey and began to make some contacts where we found. There is an Overland Club, and we worked through that, but even then it's uh, it's a challenge to find original parts or even uh, aftermarket uh, parts sure. for these, these more rare cars. Well, but owning a more rare car, I think, is a is a lot of fun. I know it's a lot of frustration at times too, but uh, it it does something for your ego. <laughs> yeah. you, ta- you take a Model T or a Model A, you can buy any kind of part for the engine, the rear end, transmission, body, whatever. You can buy any kind of part you want. Yeah, yeah, it's available. Yeah. Well, and and I I I mean I'm a little prejudiced. I had a thirty Model A too, and. Uh, Wish I'd never sold it, and uh, that—that's that, if somebody's going to get into the hobby, that's the car they need to start with. Yes, yes. And uh, you've got you know enough different body styles that it can a- appeal to about anyone. Right, right. Well, any any questions or any other thoughts you want to uh, share with us? 
Yeah, in particular, uh, the longest running, the oldest uh, car show in this part of the country, what are we, 60 years? 60 years this year. Uh, is the weekend uh, right after Labor Day, it'd be the 9th and 10th of September mm-hmm. this year in Red Boiling Springs, a beautiful little uh, uh, resort community. Some of the old uh, 1900 hotels are still there. And, uh, wow. Our club host this event and uh, has been doing so for forever longer than i've been involved certainly and uh we usually get people from down uh, your direction and certainly on north ohio kentucky come in but it's the uh annual uh red boiling springs car show and i encourage anybody everybody to uh drive in it's worth it just to see the little community that's been preserved yeah we've we've had as many as 300 cars come in 400 400 wow 404 cars the most we've had good heavens and and is it an aaca show it's an aaca show okay and uh uh we have a flea market with it which uh we have uh over a hundred flea market spaces every year for uh, all types, the old cars, Model T's, Cadillacs, whatever, mm-hmm. all you can find any kind of part nearly there. That's I'm, neat. I'm not sure why these uh, boys want these new cars like these 1972 Le Mans, but uh, we'll <laughs> see some of them. We'll see some of them there too. Well, that's a beautiful thing about AACA is it's 25 years old and older, and it's. We need to preserve some of those cars too. Well, we'll have uh, we'll have old cars there. There'd be quite a few old cars. Uh, okay. Model Ts, Model As, and, and uh, Jones cars and stuff like that. Quite a few of them there. Beautiful. We, we got to put the plug in the jug. You know that term well, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we appreciate you joining us on. Yeah. Uh, the classic car show keep us posted on how the sales go and uh if you wouldn't mind giving our name out to uh, the estate so we can talk to them at some sure point. and ralph sure. thank you thank you for helping thank you greg very much. okay nice talking with you bye all right thank you we'll be back after this watchdog is a term given an organization like the united states justice foundation which since 1979 has been watching out and when necessary taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government as well as those involved in legal cases have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about anti-car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have 
the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And you're back on the Classic Car Show. We appreciate you tuning in today. We've, Like we said, uh, as our, Jim and I were talking, we, we decided to do a little something different today, and that's invite people that have classic cars for sale, and they're listed in the AACA uh, magazine. And we, we've got... Um, Jack, are you there with us? Hello. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. You have a beautiful 57 Chevrolet Bel Air, I understand. Right. A sedan two-door. I'm sorry? It's a two-door sedan, correct? Right. Yeah. Okay. And you've got it for sale? Right. And you've restored it from the sounds of things? Well, I didn't do it, but it was it was done when I got it. Ah, okay. And how long have you had it? Oh, Lord, I guess close to 10 years. Wow. Wow. That's, so it's part of the family now. Uh, that's one of the ones that's part of the family. <laughs> oh, 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 you've got a few more? A few more. Wow. Well, we were just on the, on the air with a couple of other gentlemen from Middle Tennessee. Are you in Middle Tennessee also? No, we're in Chattanooga. Oh, you're right up the street from us. Right. Okay, yeah. Do you know Steve Ronaldo? No, I don't. My uh, co-host? Yeah, well, he's up at the AACA annual meeting right now, but he spends a lot of time with the Coker family. And uh, he's done Yeah, some... we miss Harold. Oh, we all do. What a, what a great man for the hobby. Well... Tell me about your Chevy. Is it one that you can just get in and drive across the country? Yes, you could. Good. And it's a it's a two eighty three, I bet. Right. Does it have a power pack or is it No, it's just standard. Standard? Okay. Two barrel. All right. And as a power glide? Right. Okay. And is it I I guess you have air but it's not installed, a vintage air. I bought a I bought a vintage air unit several years ago. I was going to put it in, and I, then we decided we were going might want to show it, so we didn't do that. Okay. And have you shown the vehicle? What? Have you have you actually shown the vehicle? Have you taken it to an AACA meet? Uh, we took it to one once. Okay. All right. And but, but it really wasn't ready to show when we took it. I got you. And now it is, you feel, correct? I think it is, yes. Beautiful. And I assume it's all stock? Right. And do you have any, does it have a Wonder Bar radio? It's it's got the original radio in it. Okay. All right. And any other accessories on it? Not really. Uh. Power steering? Power steering, yeah. Yeah, you you need that. My uh, parents' 54 Chevy had power steering. My mother was happy with that. (laughs) My my 54 Chevy had power steering two arms. (laughs) And it was the uh, the 265 before they came out with the 283. Yeah, yeah. Which was just the board. Yeah, 1257 was the first year for the 283, wasn't it, Jack? Uh, I believe that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um... Well, I'm looking at a picture of the car now, 
and I see you've got fender skirts on it, too. It looks great, and that color is surf green. Right. And it's a two-tone. It's beautiful. Have you had any many calls on it? Uh, a few, not that many. Okay. All right. I think we might be a little high. Oh, on your price? Yeah. Well, I'll let you work that out. <laughs> and today, I mean, 57 Chevys, that is a very popular car, and I'm sure a lot of people, you just need to find the right person. Right. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to tell us about the car? I can't think of anything offhand. Uh, it's, uh, the interior is it, uh, is pretty much all original, but it's in good shape. Okay. Have you uh, kept it in a in a garage setting, or it's been in a garage ever since we've owned it, and, and I think for years before. Where did it come from? Do you know? Was it a local Chattanooga car? Oh no, it came from. Uh, hold on, just a second, Joy. Yeah. Where did that car come from? Do you remember? Well, we bought it at Hershey, Pennsylvania years ago, but okay. I don't recall exactly where it came from, but it has no rust or anything like that. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, that's that's neat. It's a pretty car. You don't see many uh, in surf green. Right. Yeah. And that was uh, the pastel colors I remember in 55, 56, and 57 were very popular. So you had a, a teal also, and, and in fact, you had some, some soft yellows. You had the bronze color, too. Bronze and 56, yeah. No, it was in my... Uh, 55? 57. 57? Okay, yeah, had all right. A bronze color. Uh, my my best friend had one that we... He took down to Mexico, had it rolled and pleated, and... Uh, wow. And he wound up putting a holly four-barrel on it. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah. We... What's that? Go, go ahead, Jack. I was going to say, uh, we bought the car in, in Hershey, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and uh, my wife drove it home. We thought we had a ride for it, but she had a great time driving it back home from Hershey. Oh, I yeah, I'll bet that was fun. Now, the the I believe you said it was a police officer or something that you bought it from. I'm sorry? What? Was the uh, the person that you bought it from? Was he the original owner of it, or no? Uh, how far back did it go? How far back did it go? Yeah, or how many owners back to the I original? I think it's probably had. Uh, I think we're probably the third owner. Okay, well, that's not bad. Yeah. No, no, no. That that's that's good. And do you have any other '57 Chevys? You said you had some other cars. I've got a '57 convertible, but I think I'm gonna hang on to that one. Oh yeah, I would. Mm. <laughs> a Bel Air, I'm uh, right. So, yeah, a six or a V8. What the convertible? Yeah, it's a V8. Okay, all right. It's loaded. Ah, lots of accessories. Right. Does, does it have a power top? Uh, yes, it does. Okay, and is it power glide or is it a stick? Yeah, power glide. All right. Well, that's a nice cruising car. And 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 what else do you have, Jack? Well, let's see. I've got uh, I've got a '51 Mercury. Ah. I've got a uh, Christ. I, <laughs> it's. See, I've got a, a 
nomad uh, 56 nomad oh wow <laughs> now that is the kind of car that i would love to have so th- th- those are pretty i've got a 56 ford pickup okay it's, it's been completely redone obviously beautiful yeah i've got a uh, i've got 239 fords uh, is one of them set up to run moonshine? <laughs> I've got a forty that would would be could run moonshine. Forty convertible. <laughs> oh boy! Yeah. yeah. Do you do your own uh, restoration on these? I used to do a lot of it. Yeah, but I've gotten so damn old. I, I, that, that sounds like all of us. <laughs> we're, we're getting to that point. Uh. Yeah, we uh, we talked to Dennis Carpenter a couple of weeks ago on the air, and uh, he started. That's how he started his hobby was the forty Ford convertible, and then he turns out going into business making the parts for him. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, Jack, I want to thank you very much for your time, and I wish you good luck on selling your Chevy. And uh, keep us in mind if you decide you ever want to sell any of the other cars because we like interviewing people that have cars for sale. Okay, doke. All right. All right. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Thanks Jack. Jack. Bye. Well, David, uh, this is kind of fun. You, 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 you go in and you find a guy that's got one car for sale, and then, oh, by the way, I've got five or yeah. six more, <laughs> and then you talk... Who was it? To Greg, and there's there's a hundred some odd, hundred hundred and twenty model T's and A's, yeah. and the rest. Uh, good mixed Heavens. variety. Yeah, I mean that. Uh, I'm anxious to find out more about that. I, in fact, I, I'm going to give Greg a call back and make sure he has uh, our contact information. Yeah, uh, I think that's fascinating. You know, this is. I, I think this is something that um, you know, for the folks that are listening that would like to. Uh, list their cars with us or, or i say list that's not really the right term because we don't we're not charging anything now for doing this and uh, if you want to be on the air talk about your car and how people can get a hold of you but, you know give me a call or, or drop me better than that drop me an email david at america's web com, and we'll schedule a time that um you know we could even work one of these in when we have other guests on or oh, something yeah. and just yeah. a, a, a brief message about it and I think this is fun, and I think it's uh, something that uh, will turn out to be a good service and help people out, and it's uh, it's amazing. The only thing that really concerns me a little bit, Jim, and I'm certainly not throwing rocks, not at my age, but uh, <laughs> I hope this isn't a trend. Both of the, the gentlemen that have been on uh, yeah. are beginning to... Wind down. Wind down. Yeah, and... and uh, uh, they. Uh, and they want to sell, you know, some of their stuff. Um, it, David, it very well could be. This is what. And when Steve was a director of AACA, they have the youth program, and they're trying to, I guess, instead of having all the gray-haired people show up at these shows, you know, you've got some young people that are interested. Well, we've got a, you know, the reality of it is, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but. There's a a real gap in there. You've got the the gentlemen that are selling, and they're in their late sixties, early seventies. Uh, what Steve and you and I have talked about is uh, you know getting the kids interested. But now I'm seeing that you know we really have to get the make sure that we've got a group of forty to fifty year olds 
that can right. afford them. Because right. uh, obviously a teenager or somebody, yeah. uh, even a 20, 25, 30-year-old can't afford a 40, 50, 60, $100,000 car. So, you know, there's a real disparity in there of, of age that it all has to be. Age and income. Age and income. Yeah. That's the formula. Exactly. Age. And, you know, you know well, at, let's take a break, and then after our break, I want to talk a little bit more about how this. we hope to see it evolve. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about anti-car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And welcome back to the uh, Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. And we are thankful and delighted, as always, to have Jim Weber in sitting at the round table. And we're uh, discussing uh, classic cars and uh, the selling of classic cars, if someone's interested in buying one. We're not going to do this every week necessarily, Jim, but um, we'll do it as, as time comes along. And I think it's fun talking to these guys. And, you know, I think one thing that Greg said from uh, up in uh, Murfreesboro. Wasn't right, it? Murfreesboro. Uh, th- that uh, once the the hobby has bitten... You don't have one, you have two or three or four cars, sort of like Steve. Uh, so I guess I'm glad I, I – the hobby's bitten me. It's just the fact that the money hadn't bitten me. And well, uh, and I can't afford that first one, much less the second or third one. Well, and and Greg called it fever. Fever. Yeah, and uh, Peggy Lee's song, You Give Me Fever. Well, mm-hmm. I think that's what happens with the antique and classic cars. Uh, we, we were talking earlier, though, about this – age gap and the fact that a couple of the guys we interviewed this morning are, are well Ralph said he's 82 and he, yeah. he restored a bunch of Model T's and Model A's in his 32 Chevy and what we need to do is there's this gap, guys in their 40's and 50's now can afford to buy these but it's the younger ones and we're trying to bring the youth into this and AACA's done a great job with their youth program and uh, Model A club in fact I'll, I'll give one example uh, Hemmings Hemmings does a daily newsletter that's free and they were talking about the Model A Ford Club in Clifton Park New York and they had a bunch of youngsters high school 
that they are working with to restore some Model A Fords. Now, when you and I were in high school, it was called shop. Yeah. <laughs> and there is no shop anymore. We had two shops. Did you? Woodworking. And woodwork and, and metal. Yeah. And yeah. Which is a car. Right. And... Uh, Public schools offered that. They, I don't believe they do now. And uh, private schools didn't at the time. Private schools were more like a college preparatory deal. But anyway, going back, when you raise the hood today, it's not like raising the hood on a 57 Chevy. And uh, it's, it's completely different. And it's all electronics today. But there's still an interest in the old cars and the basics and the internal combustion engine and what it takes and then you and i just learned about sleeve valve night engines Willie's engines and uh i didn't know i didn't understand that you know uh, sort of going back to the age and the money thing my concern is that the folks in their you know i'd say at, at least mid 30s to mid 50s are the ones that could afford or probably could afford to buy and get into it. But do they have the interest? Do they I mean they grew up there they were on the cusp of the computer age and and uh you right. know, that was when the getting away from heaven forbid your fingernails would be dirty or heaven forbid you'd get your clothes mussed or anything like that. Plus the cars, just like you said, at at that point weren't like you and I grew up with, and no carburetors, fuel injected, uh, all of it was uh, electronic. Sure. You know, so how do you, how do you motivate them? How do you get them interested? Well, I think if the seed had to be planted with them when they were young and their father was changing oil or rotating tires in the garage or working on his own car and I don't know if you can rekindle that except to get them to go to a museum or a car show. Even in their 30s and 40s, if, they're, if their fathers are still alive, hopefully in some family get-together they could do something like that. that I mean, it, it's it's difficult. You know, uh, you, you'll probably throw your empty coffee. I hope it's empty. You know, it is. Your coffee cup at me with this statement because, <laughs> you know, I, I might... I know you think I'm a little winged out on things, but uh, time, time will tell, and, and it's getting probably closer than we think uh, with our uh, folks in North Korea. But there's always the potential of an EMP attack, electromagnetic pulse. Yep. Um, yep. And you know what will be driving around after that happens? Carbureted cars. Carbureted cars. Yeah. Those yeah. without electronics. Yep. Exactly. Whether it's a Model A or a Model T or a 57 Chevy or yep. whatever it is, I would think uh, some of the folks, if they're concerned about the potential, and, and they're, you know, it's a real potential. It, it's not, uh-huh. even at, whether it's man made or natural, uh, we're, we're due for a pretty heavy hit from uh, a solar blast one of these days, um, the sun. So. Well, it. <laughs> I, I don't disagree with you. Um, I don't completely agree with you, but I, you know more about it than I do. But I, I, let me go back. 1967 was the last year of cars without emission controls. So we ba- they basically had dirty tailpipes, except California required smog pumps in, in 
I think, on some cars in 67. So anything 67 and older does not have the complexity or is not as detuned as the 67 and earlier until we got into the electronics and now the electronics cars are cleaner burning putting out 700 horsepower and I mean Chevy Camaro just came out with a 1LE and I mean that thing's as, as fast as a Corvette or any of the Chrysler Hellcats so it's amazing and, and the Ford Mustang today Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean the independent rear suspension, and uh, these cars are incredible. And you raise the hood on those, and you can't work on them either. Don't have a clue. Yeah, I mean you, you basically have to have all the instrumentation of for OBD two to read any of the codes to know what to fi- fix. It's all sensors and things. So I know I'm kind of digressing, but the point I'm, I I want to make is. 67 and older are probably the least complicated of all of them. But nobody today, unless you're my age, I would say 50-year-olds, unless their their father showed them how to work on it, probably don't understand a carburetor or a distributor. The float in the carburetor. Yes, yeah. How many times have we taken a... uh Two or I had three deuces on, yep. my, on yep. my 59, yep. and um, I I had taken each one of them apart at one time or the other, or taken them all apart at one time or the other. Um, how many people know what a camshaft is? You reckon? <laughs> yeah, or a crankshaft. Or a crankshaft. <laughs> so, um, or the head, you know? Yeah. To replace the head to put go from uh, three deuces to a, a super four barrel. Yeah. A double pumper. Yeah. Uh, well, it, it's a great hobby, and I, I applaud the Model A club in Clifton Park, New York, for taking some of these kids and working with them to restore a car. And I applaud all the schools and the technical schools that teach the auto restoration. You know, I don't think – have we talked to – any restoration shop or facility, and I, I can't remember it, most of them are in, that we've talked to, I believe, I don't want to say specialized, but they're, the cars that they're restoring are like 30s and above. Have we talked to any that, that uh, have gone back to the to the T's and, and A's, the uh, 1908, 1909s? No. That era? Well, outside of Ralph today. Yeah. Well. <laughs> so... Um, I don't know if there are – Steve's the guy that we'd have to talk to. Um, when you go into uh, the Nethercut collection, I've been in their restoration shop. And, I mean, they – but that, that that's a private collection and a private shop. And, and they're restoring old – by old, I mean pre-World War One. But they also have gorgeous – cars built between the two world wars so you know that's a pretty phenomenal thing but we have we'll have to ask steve um yeah there's guys and i'm not sure if they're still in business but i mean there was a guy named page up in vermont that was a model a restorer 
and he did beautiful work, and he was specialized in Model A's. So I'm sure there's some T guys that do nothing but T's, like like Ralph. But as Ralph says, at 82, he's too old to do that anymore. Now I wonder, you know, we we talked to uh, like like you said, we talked to the Ford gentleman, the restoration or the parts. Yeah. Can you do that with a? Or were they so independently built? Can you do that with an A or a T? Or um, that's the perfect car to start with. It, yeah. a, an A is is less complicated. But if you need a defender, can you? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ralph, Ralph said that today. Okay. He said you can you can find the parts for those. The as as uh, Greg mentioned, I mean it's difficult to find parts for the Overland. But an A or a T is a, is an ideal car to start with. Well, that big collection up there, the state, uh, if they need a write-off, <laughs> not really a write-off, <laughs> but anyway. Um, yeah. And so the, the point of the story is if you have a car you're wanting to sell, a, a classic car that you're wanting to sell, uh, drop me an email, David at America's Web Radio, and we'll be glad to talk to you about it and uh, see about getting you on the air on one of the shows coming up. And... Uh, Jim, thank you as always. For You're welcome. Us. Yep. I thought this was fun. This yeah. was different. And uh, well, it's nice talking to guys that don't. It, it, this is like the guys that get together that have coffee that their wives kick them out in the morning. Well, you know, th- this is one of those situations that, uh, and I don't mean this rudely because I'm you and I are there at the same time, but we best talk to them soon. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. With, with that being said, we're going to take that Jack Daniels plug and put it in the jug, and uh, we'll be back next Saturday on the Classic Car Show. Stay tuned for the prologue, followed by America's Homegrown Veggies. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.